What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, June 12th, 2015. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Today's show brought to you by Violent Gentlemen. Make sure you go to violentgentlemen.com right now to order some of the hottest t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and accessories on the sports scene from the ice to the octagon, from the ring to the field. Violent Gentlemen honors the fight the art, the opponent, and the sport, violentgentleman.com. And if you didn't already know, that's George Paros' clothing line. You know George Paros, former enforcer in the National Hockey League. Uh, he's got a nice little clothing line going, so make sure you check it out at violentgentleman.com. We do a Violent Gentleman segment every Thursday on this show. Uh, and yesterday, we had planned on having Michael Bisping, UFC middleweight, on, but he was under the weather. Now, I was texting with him yesterday, last night, after I recorded yesterday's podcast, knowing that he could not come on, and we were going to plan for today. We were going to see how he was feeling. He is still under the weather, so Michael Bisping, UFC middleweight, uh, veteran in MMA, he will join me next week. We'll schedule that conversation over the phone for next Thursday, so make sure uh, you check back then. But I'm here five days a week, dannypicard.com. And again, as I mentioned, from the Beantown Athletics studio. Now, if you want to maybe create your own T-shirt or possibly have any type of custom uniforms or business apparel that you would like to have made, well, you should call... Beantown Athletics right now. Beantown Athletics is the only in-house union screen printer in Boston. Give them a call, 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Also, follow them on Twitter at Beantown underscore dot and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Beantown Athletics. And make sure you tell them I sent you. Again, anything that you need made, they can make it right here at Beantown Athletics, 617-282-4181. And you don't need to be from Boston to get stuff from Beantown Athletics. Uh, they can ship it anyway. So make sure you give them a call and make sure you tell them, again, that I sent you. Now, let's get the show going on this Friday afternoon. It's nice and sunny, 80 degrees. I got to get down the beach Look, yes, I got to get down the beach. Now, I work on Saturdays. I got a radio show, WEEI 93.7 FM in Boston. You can also listen um, on their app every weekend. I'm on tomorrow, Saturday at 3 o'clock, 3 to 6.30, I think, leading into the Red Sox game, re- leading into Red Sox pregame, I believe. Uh, that's what I'm on. Uh, so, you know, days off, uh, tough to come by here. So when I get out of this show today, I'll go down the beach, get some sun. I'm not going to. I'm not going to open up this show today with, a, with any type of beach etiquette rant, but I do have one coming. I have one brewing, beach etiquette. You know, I like uh, sometimes to get into this, uh, these human aspect, real life um, rants, right? Uh, and I have a beach etiquette rant, but I'm not going to waste your time with that today. I won't do it. I'm not going to do it. I, I, to be honest, I planned once I found out that Michael Bisping from the UFC was not going to be able to come on again. He's under the weather. Once I found out he wouldn't, he wasn't going to be able to come on yesterday or even today. I had scheduled to have, I was 
trying to get Kyle Draper from Comcast Sportsnet New England. He's an NBA analyst. He does Celtics pregame, postgame live. But I do a lot of NBA playoffs with him. I've, I've previewed the NBA finals with him on the show. I wanted to get Drapes in studio, and we were working on that. And we, we had agreed he was going to come in today. And then, last night, I'm watching. See, I got two things going on last night. I got the NBA Finals on one TV, and I got the Red Sox in the background in a, in a, in a secondary room on a TV that's on the wall. You sort of turn it, coming out the doorway. You can see both TVs. The volume's on the NBA Finals. So the, what, the, the main TV was NBA Finals last night. Obviously, it didn't start till 9, so I did get to watch most of the Red Sox on the main TV. But once the NBA Finals begin, I switch uh, the TVs over. And I actually did it a little bit early because I did watch some of the NBA Finals pregame stuff. I was curious to see what the analysts and all the experts were telling me was going to happen in Game 4 last night in Cleveland. As Cleveland went into that game up two games to one. Uh, Golden State won the game. They tied They even the series at two, much like I told you they would last night. Um, I will break down, I, you know, I'll do the NBA Finals stuff, because I had planned on doing it, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm all into the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Final, and, you know, it's exciting stuff, last night wasn't the best basketball game we've watched in this series or in the playoffs, but I did plan on opening that, opening with that today, with Kyle Draper in studio, but I had, I, I had to text Drapes last night, and I had to tell him, Drapes, you know what? You can stay home tomorrow because I don't think you want to be a part of what I'm actually going to open up with. I don't, I don't think you want to be a part of this. I don't think you want to put your name to this or on this or have your name anywhere near this show because it's going to get ugly tomorrow in studio in the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, here in Dorchester. It's going to get ugly. And I think he knew what I meant because I'm sure that Drapes – was watching the Red Sox game, or at least was paying attention to Twitter and what people on Twitter were talking about, social media, because a lot of people were talking about what was going on in this Red Sox game last night. We weren't talking about the fact that the Red Sox got swept by the Baltimore Orioles, that they've lost three straight after winning three straight and coming up with their first series sweep of the season over the weekend at home against the Oakland A's. Uh, I did tell you to manage expectations after that series, given the fact that Oakland's terrible this year, and given the fact that the Red Sox didn't even see their best pitcher in Sonny Gray that weekend, right? I told you to manage those expectations. And the Red Sox then had a day off on Monday. Um, Then they lose the first two, and they go into this game last night with Wade Miley in the mound, and you go up against a Chris Tillman, who has been no good this season. No good this season. Chris Tillman. I gave you his numbers yesterday. Uh, this was a game the Red Sox, you know, would I think could do damage against Tillman and, and against the Baltimore Orioles last night. But the Red Sox lost 6-5. I didn't agree with the lineup. Uh, I think that Rusne Castillo needs to be in. You know, my to me, I told you yesterday, my lineup is Castillo's in center field. And Brock Holt's in right. And Hanley's in left. And Mookie Betts is not in. Uh, he's not. I, he went, Mookie Betts went one for four last night. He's hitting two thirty four. I know he's a young kid. People have fallen in love with him. But guess what? Castillo needs to play since he's up. Um, and he... Castillo, I mean, 
do, do the Red Sox, does John Farrell even realize what happened on Sunday and what everyone on that team was calling the biggest win of the year? You know, which Rusne Castillo was the guy that started that rally by getting Graveman out of the game with a home run, and then he finished it with an RBI. You know, a monster inning. It won them the game. And then you don't start him the next game. And then you don't you don't start him last night. He doesn't get to take a hack. Are you kidding me? Castillo's got to play. You say, well, who do you play for? Well, Brock Holt's got to play too. Brock Holt continues to hit. He's hitting 303. You got Pedroia Holt at the top of the lineup. I like that. You know, people complaining Bogarts needs to be there. Well, Bogarts hitting seventh. If you want to move him up to sixth, that's fine. Um, he's still going to hit last night. He's one for four, still hitting. He's hitting 295. But what are you going to do? I mean, I like Holt up there at the top. You need the left-handed bat up there, so I'm okay with it. Holt's hitting. You need Holt in the lineup. Holt's in the outfield, right field. Who's in center field? I got to put Castillo in. I'm sorry. I, I know people love Mookie Betts. But, and, and, and look, people are trying to tell me that they wouldn't trade Mookie Betts. And I'm saying to myself, this is a Red Sox team that is seven games under 500 on June 12th, is in last place, seven games out of first place. And I'm sitting here saying that Mookie Betts probably shouldn't even be in the starting lineup over Rusnay Castillo. That's a guy you wouldn't trade? <laughs> a guy who we don't even know should is not even a lock to be in a lineup for a team that sucks? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not sitting here telling you Mookie Betts is, is untouchable. It's, it's not, I, I'm not even close to that. I've never been close to that. But that was going to be my Red Sox rant sort of after the NBA Finals stuff that you got to get Castillo in. You know, John Farrell, what's going on here? I've, I've been somebody that's defended John Farrell all season long when people wanted to fire his ass, and I told you that's just not, not going to do it. John Farrell was given a group that obviously is not talented enough to win. What do you want John Farrell to do? Step up to the plate with the runner on second and drive someone in and come up with a good at-bat? Have, you know, what do you want him to do? Go out um, and minimize the damage and grab the ball and start throwing some pitches uh, down and away to left-handed hitters with some movement? I mean, you to get him to chase, do, you, do you, you want John Farrell to go out and do it? He can't. He can't do it for these guys. At some point, the talent needs to take over, and, and you need production based on the talent that you have. But bottom line is, John Farrell was, was given a team that isn't talented enough to win isn't talented enough to produce as much as maybe we thought they would offensively with runners in scoring position this season. Uh, isn't talented enough to, to constantly give us solid outings out of their rotation, right? But you know what? I'm, I'm, I see the lineup last night. I say Castillo's not in again. What's going on? What's going on? He's got to be in. He's got to be in the outfield. He's got to be in center field. And Brock Holt needs to be in right. And Hanley needs to be in left. I'm sorry, Mookie Betts is just the odd man out. I'm not purposely hating on him, but I'm telling you that Castillo's got to be in. That was my beef last night. Until. Until. I saw something that got me so upset. I, I've, I haven't been this upset with a guy on the Boston Red Sox since the Bobby Valentine year. I, I haven't. I haven't been this upset 
with someone on the Boston Red Sox since 2012. All right? Now, my biggest beef with that 2012 Bobby Valentine year was, and and everybody was all over Bobby V. And and you know what? I wasn't one of them. I wasn't. Were there things that, that, you know, I wish he didn't do or say? Of course. Of course. But didn't you know you were going to leave that season saying that? There was no surprise there. It should come. Some of the things that Bobby V said should come as no surprise to you that year. The biggest issue I had with the 2012 Red Sox, you know what it was? It was the accountability factor from the players in that clubhouse. The accountability, or should I say, lack thereof. There was zero fucking accountability on the 2012 Boston Red Sox. Zero. There wasn't one guy in that clubhouse that looked himself in the mirror and said, this thing's on me. <laughs> this is on me. Okay? There wasn't one pitcher in that rotation that said, eh, this isn't on the manager, this is on me. <laughs> in fact, you had players who were texting ownership, texting ownership, telling them to get rid of the manager. You shitting me? You you don't need me to go back and and give you all those stories. You know, those stories are just so absurd, it's not even funny. Okay? That stuff, to me, is so much worse than any type of chicken and beer or whatever they were doing in the clubhouse. It is. I I need it when a team sucks and they start blaming it on the manager, you know, and they start texting ownership, telling them to fire the manager... There wasn't one guy in that 2012 Red Sox team that wanted to hold themselves accountable. Hold themselves accountable. Nobody. Nobody on that team. And that's what pissed me off. I can remember having a pitcher on that team on my podcast as I recorded from my fucking couch. All right? I had Red Sox players on my podcast calling it. Um, one of them was Rich Hill. He was a relief pitcher. He, look, he, Rich Hill at points in times, you know, was one of the only guys giving him anything. And this is someone who is very level-headed, a guy who gets it, and came on my show, and we talked about this stuff. I remember being in the dugout talking to him, being like, what's going on here? Yeah, I just, Rich, I just need to know. I, I mean, I just, I'm curious here. I just, what's going on? You know, I, I listen to all these shows, and all these analysts and experts and everyone's all over the manager. But but me, my take is like, what the fuck's going on with the play with, with the players? Why why is there no accountability here? And you know what? He that's what he said. He said, We need to be, you know, players we need to hold ourselves accountable. Right? The pitchers need to go out. They need to I remember the phrase. He goes, We we can't worry about what's going on or what people are saying. We gotta go out on the mound when you're in the moment and you gotta pitch with conviction. With conviction. There wasn't one guy on that 2012 team doing anything with conviction. Okay? The only thing they were doing with conviction was texting ownership to fire the manager because they, they were cowards. That did not want to hold themselves accountable. I was furious at that team. I fucking hated that team. Okay? Now you get this team. 2015. Two years after winning a championship. Last year, the Red Sox are brutal. 
I, I did definitely think that this team would see points and times in which they would struggle this season. I am disappointed in the offense because I had higher expectations for it. However, I do think that long-term, and when I say long-term, I mean 162 games this season, I think that they will produce. I do. And, you know, for the people that knock Hanley Ramirez or the people that want to knock Pablo Sandoval, I'm not looking at those moves and saying, I wish they didn't make them. I'm not. You know, what's the, what was the alternative you're doing offensively? I, I, I think they made moves to try and help the offense. Um, my, my biggest questions were with the pitching, right? And my biggest question still, even seeing the offense struggle the way it has, is still with the pitching. Even though the pitching in the month of May and a little bit into June here has been pretty damn good. It's been pretty damn good. And one of those guys that's been pretty damn good the last month has been Wade Miley. Good old Wade Miley. Ah, here we go. Now we're getting it right. Wade Miley. Last night, sitting there, planning to talk NBA Finals today, getting Drapes in studio. I text him. I say, Drapes, why don't you stay home? (laughs) Uh, I just saw something that drove me crazy, and I need to open up with, and I need to let my frustrations go, and I don't think you want to be a part of this. So, it's going to get ugly. Now, my neighbors, the people on my street, If their windows are open, too, they probably know that I was not happy about something last night. And that thing that I was unhappy with, that person I was unhappy with was Wade Miley. Last night, Wade Miley, here's what he did. Four innings, let up nine hits, gave up five runs, all of them earned, didn't walk anyone, only struck out three, threw 69 pitches, but he let up three home runs. Wade Miley this season. Now five and six. Wade Miley, now five and six with a 5.07 ERA. The Red Sox last night, they lose six to five to the Baltimore Orioles. Wade Miley wasn't good. In fact, Wade Miley was bad. Now, credit where credit's due. Before this start last night, in the month of May, Wade Miley turned it around. He had a 3.49 ERA in the month of May which was a whole lot better than his ERA in the month of April in five in one, two, three, four starts in April. Because in four starts in April, he had an 8.62 ERA, okay? He was brutal. Now, anybody who's watched Wade Miley, the success that he's had lately, I've watched him, I've tipped my cap, I've given him credit, but I watch him pitch and I say, this can't last. I say, this can't last. He does not have overpower and stuff. Um, in fact, I, I, I don't ever feel comfortable when he's on the mound. And you can say that about a couple guys in this rotation. All right? And I'm not even getting into the fact that they traded Ruby De La Rosa because, look, De La Rosa is still a young kid. I didn't think that they would trade him and, and Wade Miley would be the guy to get in return. I thought they'd be packaging De La Rosa with a couple prospects and They'd get something better than Wade Miley. But forget about that trade for a minute. Again, De La Rosa, he's struggling. I think he let up nine runs the other night. This isn't about De La Rosa. This is about the now. This is about accepting the fact that they made the trade, that Wade Miley's on this team, that he struggled in April, that he he turned it around in May, um, that his last couple outings have been very good. But I've never really felt comfortable with him on the mound. 
Last night, Wade Miley, well, he, the Orioles made him pay for some meatballs over the plate. Three home runs Wade Miley gave up. He threw only 69 pitches. And after the fourth inning, John Farrell, in the dugout, comes over to him, and he tells him that uh, they're going to bring in Stephen Wright out of the pen for the fifth. They're going to bring in Stephen Wright. Your night's over. You let up another home run in the fourth uh, to Manny Machado, which was absolutely crushed. It was a meatball. He made you pay. You're losing 5-3. to three. You need to try and minimize the damage because obviously you can't keep the ball in the ballpark tonight. So we're going to make a move right now before it is too late. That's the manager's job. Manager did a nice job. Um, you know, you might have been able to convince me that you probably should have brought in Stephen Wright to pitch the fourth inning. Not the, the fourth, yes, to pitch the fourth inning. Didn't happen. They gave Miley another one. He let up another home run. He let up a home run in the first. Uh, he let up a home run in the third. He let up a home run in the fourth. Meatball City. Okay? His outing is over. I think they were pushing their luck by sending him out in the fourth inning. After the fourth, John Farrell walks over. He says, Wade, you're done. We're bringing in Stephen Wright. Now, I'm sure, I am sure you saw the video by now. Wade Miley flips it, flips out, flips his shit. See, he's got the towel rubbing the hair. He's pointing. First of all, what the fuck is he pointing at in left field? What's in left field? Is he pointing at the, what's he pointing at? The, what is he, what is he pointing at? In the outfield. I don't know what's going on. What is he pointing at? You know what? I don't even know where he's pointing. He's pointing somewhere. Is he pointing at how the scoreboard? I hope he's not pointing at the scoreboard because the scoreboard says that he's let up five runs in four innings. Um, is he pointing at the scoreboard that says he's let up three home runs? Maybe he's pointing at the the pitch count that says he's only thrown 69 pitches. I'm sorry. You're not guaranteed to throw 85 pitches a night. There's no guarantee there. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Felix fucking Hernandez. If you're getting racked and you're letting up home runs, that's it. It's over. Your night's done. This team sucks. You need to do everything you can to squeeze everything out of this team to try and get a win. Okay? Wade Miley, you were brutal last night. What does Wade Miley do when he's told he's getting taken out of the game? He flips out. He flips out, he's pointing, he's screaming. You would have thought this was, uh, you know, the WWE, right? You would have thought Vince McMahon had come down and just fired somebody's ass. Wade Miley was flipping his shit, and he completely shows up the manager in the dugout, on TV, everybody can see it. From one end to the dugout to the other, they go down in the tunnel. I don't know what happened down in that tunnel. But if I was John Farrell, I would have choked him out. I would have cho- grabbed him by the throat, slammed him up against the wall, and said, who the fuck do you think you're showing up right now? Because that's bullshit. Who are you, Wade Miley, to show me up like this in front of everybody? Who are you? You're a nobody. I see that from Wade Miley. And the more I saw it, the more pissed off I got. I went into that Red Sox game last night 
Wasn't feeling bad for Farrell. Doing some things with the lineup I didn't really like. And this is coming from someone who's defended him all year more than anybody else. Told you we shouldn't get fired. But I still started to question some things he was doing with the lineup. But last night, the more I saw what Wade Miley did and how he reacted to that on a night that he couldn't keep a ball in the ballpark, the more pissed off I got. And today, my message is simple. And if I'm the Boston Red Sox, okay, if I'm the Red Sox, if I'm Ben Sherrington, if I am ownership, I need to, first and foremost... Listen to what people were saying after the game last night. And makes it even worse. Makes it even worse, and it should piss you off even more. John Farrell, look, people criticize John Farrell. John Farrell answered questions like the manager of a baseball team who got shown up and wasn't going to turn around and show up his pitcher to the media and call him out. Wasn't going to do it. And you know what? People are going to knock him for that. Oh, he's not, you know, Farrell got pitched out. Nah, nah. If it was the other way, you'd be saying, what's he doing? And you'd be calling, you'd be calling, you'd be saying this. Controversy, chaos. No, you know, I'm sorry. I think Farrell handed it the right way. Here's what Farrell said. He said, quote, he's a competitor. You work four days for your start. He doesn't want to come out of the ball game, and I fully respect that. He didn't want to come out of the game. That's his competitive spirit coming through. We've had a chance to talk. Again, it's a competitive guy on his day to pitch. Fully respected. End quote. Wade Miley, this is where you should get pissed off. Even more after you continue to watch the video that continued to piss me off even more. Wade Miley, here's what he says. Quote, it's between me and John. It is what it is. It's fine. It's over. If you want to talk about the game, we can talk about the game. But that's it. End quote. <laughs> um, that's, that's not it, Wade. That's not it. In fact, can I get a result on that answer? <laughs> Wrong fucking answer. Okay? Wrong answer. Are you shitting me? That brought me back to 2012. That brought me back to a group in the Red Sox clubhouse that had zero accountability. And it, it just made me, it made me think about what Wade Miley means to this Red Sox team. And the answer came pretty quick. He means nothing. Wade Miley means nothing to this Red Sox team. And when I watch that video, and I read his quotes... And I, you know, here's what he should have said. And guess what? Dennis Eckersley, Steve Lyons were great last night on Nesson. They were great. I, you know how into the NBA Finals I've been? I, and I told you I had the NBA Finals on the main TV and the Red Sox on the back TV. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a post-game show watcher for anything. And it's, it has nothing to do with the guys. They do it. Tom Caron does a great job. He's, he's one of the best in the biz. All right? He does. They do a great job. And I... I don't not watch because they do a bad job. I watch be- I, I not I don't watch because I, I you know what I don't have a reason for it to be honest. I just there's other things on. I, I'd rather watch games, even if it's not a Boston team, right? I there's other games on, I'd rather watch that. Um it's not because they do a bad job. They do a great job. But I, I had to I, this is one of those post gamers you have to hear. Right? And when I, I see them, I see my I see Farrell talk and I say, okay. He didn't, uh, he didn't call out Miley. I'm okay with that. that. You know what? Good answer. 
I see Miley talk. I say, this is complete bullshit. Is this guy really not going to say, that's my bad, that's on me? This is a guy that flipped out after he sucked. Okay? He got pulled in a game. He was terrible. Awful. Brutal. Get him. He shouldn't have even pitched the fourth inning. He's flipping out of the manager. He's showing him up. The Red Sox are in last place. Right? Now there's seven games out. They can't do anything right. And on a night in which maybe you're asking for just a little bit of pitching, you suck as a pitcher. Where's the accountability? Wade Miley should have been asked questions. He said, you know what, guys? Shit, that's on me. I, I, I fucked up. I flipped out. I lost my cool. I'm a competitive guy. No excuses. I had a tough night. I, I, you know, the competitiveness in me wanted to go out there and prove people wrong and say, you know what? Yeah, I messed up on a couple of pitches, but let me get, let me get another shot. I need that other shot. I, you know, I've been good the last month or so. I'm feeling good about myself. I don't feel terrible out there. And, and, and I just, the competitiveness in me again, I just wanted to go out and, and help this team win. And I lost my cool and, and things aren't going right for this ball club. And I really wanted to try hard to do everything I could to help get this team back on track. I did. I did because I see how much we're pressing. I see how hard we're trying. And I don't want to be that guy that goes out and helps and gets this team a loss. I want to be the guy that puts the team on my back and help this team get back in the win column. I lost my cool. I'm sorry. That's on me. It should have never happened. And guess what? It will never happen again. That's on me. My bad. So that, that's what he should have said. And to be honest, <laughs> you know, again, that, pre- that post-game press conference, what did that happen? Two and a half hours? M- maybe. M- maybe lo- longer than that? L- maybe later than that? Two and a half hours after he flipped out? He had a long time to sit there and think about what happened. <laughs> okay? It's not, like, it's not like he had taken out, goes to the showers, and, you know, in, in the minor leagues, you know, if you're covering the Pawtucket Red Sox, that's what they do. When the pitcher comes out, if he's on, like, a rehab stint or something— you know, they call the media down during the game. You go in right after his outing, he showers, you get him out of the, you know, he comes out of the shower, he's getting dressed, that's when you interview him. You know, it's fresh. Whatever just happened out there, it's fresh in his mind. That's a fresh-cut interview. This wasn't a fresh-cut interview. Wade Miley had a lot of time to think about what he did on the mound and then what he did afterwards in the dugout when he got, when he got taken out of the game. He had a lot of time to think about that. He had a lot of time to sit there and say, you know what I should do? I should, I should basically apologize because I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. And right now this team doesn't need that. And the manager certainly doesn't need that. I, I, I need to apologize. Right? Miley should have done that. And he didn't. And the post game was great. Dennis Eckersley, Steve Lyons, they were great. <laughs> Dennis Eckersley goes, I wish I had the audio for you. He goes... I, I thought he was on acid. <laughs> he thought that Miley was on acid, the way he reacted. I, I agree. Now, uh, that's strong, but I don't know what was going through Miley's mind. It was stupid. It was selfish. That's what it was. And afterwards, as stupid and as selfish as it was, there was zero accountability for it after. And it brought me back to 2012. And I didn't want to have to feel that way about any team in this town ever again. 
But here we are. 2015. Lack of accountability. Team that sucks. And I ask myself after watching this, what does Wade Miley mean to this Red Sox team? The answer is absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. If I'm the Red Sox today, I see that. I hear those quotes. I don't care what is said afterwards now. I don't care. I really don't. You're gone. He's gone. You got to get rid of him. Get lost. If I'm the Red Sox, I call Wade Miley. I say, get you know, get lost. We don't need any. You know what? You're out of here. You're gone. We're moving you. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's uh, designated. I don't care if it's trade for a, uh, the future cash considerations. I, it doesn't matter. You're gone. Get lost. You don't mean anything to this organization. And you're going to stand there in the dugout when you suck. Wade Miley. Let me bring Wade, Let me bring you back to Wade Miley. Ready? It's, how's Wade Miley's Red Sox career begin? How'd it begin? April 10th at the, in the Bronx. That actually was not bad. Uh, but then, Washington Nationals, two and a third. Two and a third, seven runs. Uh, April 26th at Baltimore, two and a third, seven runs. Um, you know, and you had a couple other stinkers after that. Uh, one in Toronto. That's six innings, but you let up four runs in that one. Um, at Texas, that was terrible. You got some terrible D. Last night, another stinker. Wade Miley means so little to the Boston Red Sox, it's not even funny. And after seeing something like that last night, he's got to go. You're out of here. Get lost. Take, go milk your cows somewhere else, big dog, because we don't need that here, and your attitude sucks. And you know what? Sometimes you can deal with a, with a sucky attitude, with a shitty attitude. But not if you're brutal. I can't. If you're brutal, I can't do it. Can't do it. Gone. You got to get rid of him. Wade Miley needs to go. See you later. So, you know, we're talking about sending messages with this team, about guys who are, you know, bad influences on this group. I, you know, yesterday I heard people saying, well, Hanley Ramirez is a bad influence. How do you know? You spend time with the team off the, do you? No, you don't. You have fucking no idea. What Hanley Ramirez, how they like him or don't like him. You have no clue. All right? Um, here's what I know. Is that Wade Miley, that is a bullshit attitude. That's a horse shit attitude. Right there. And it, it's just it, it, mind-boggling to me. I, I don't know how you react like that knowing that you would brutal, one, and two, after you get a couple hours to cool down, you don't even... Put it on yourself. You don't even apologize. I mean, it looked awful. And I can only imagine how it felt as someone on that team that had to sit in that dugout. Say, what the hell is he doing? What the hell is this guy doing? He's just throwing meatball city to these guys. We're trying to win a ball game here. It's, it's June. We're trying to get them back on track. You're really flipping out right now? Go, go hit, go take the show, go hit the showers. Come back and, come back in, in five nights. And, and, and you know what? Bounce back then. But for now, get the fuck out of here. You sucked tonight. You didn't help us win. And unfortunately, that's the Red Sox' biggest problem is they don't have enough guys that have the talent to help them win. Consistently. They don't. 
And Wade Miley is one of those guys, even though I, you know, I've tipped my cap and given credit where credit's due. He's been very good the last month. Still, there, there's been, there's been, a, there's been some failure there too. And you know, the numbers don't lie. Five oh seven ERA. I mean, uh, Wade Miley to me is not this young kid that is still trying to, uh, you know, feel his way through the major leagues anymore. I'm sorry, uh, he's not. And when I look at him and I see him on the mound, I don't see somebody that I say to myself, okay, you can react like that and I'm going to keep you around because you're good enough for, for us as a team and as, as an organization to get through that and to deal with that shit. Okay? You're good enough for that. No, the problem is Wade Miley isn't good enough for that. Wade Miley, you're not... Wade Miley, this thing on... You're not good enough to react to your manager like that. To talk to your manager like that. You're not good enough for that. And, and, and on top of it all, this is a team that doesn't need that shit. I mean, this is... All the factors combined. And you react like that? I'm sorry. You gotta go. See you later, dude. You're gone. Like I said... Go throw your 89, 90-mile-per-hour fastball down the middle somewhere else. Go milk a cow somewhere else. See you later. See you later. Man. I mean, the fact that we even have to talk about this is insane. As this is a team that is in the basement of the AL East that we all want to see them get out of it. You suck last night and your manager's taking you out of the game? And you're going to react like that and show him up? Sorry. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I hope the Red Sox can't do it either. You want messages? Great. You sent Alan Craig to the minors. Ooh. Oh, you sent Edwin Mejica to Oakland for cash. Ooh. Ooh, you fired the uh, the pitching coach. Ooh. I'm, sh- I'm sure that really sent shockwaves up and down the clubhouse right there. Um... What else did you do? Oh, Justin Masterson. You told him he sucked, so you sent him to the DL and then to the minors. Ooh, you gave him a fake injury. Ooh, really scared the boys. You know what you do? Send a message. Tell You go down. Tell Wade Miley to pack his fucking bags. Gone. Take a stance. Defend your manager. You know, we're in a town in which nobody... You know... People, the coaches, managers, we're quick to, we're quick to crush them and get rid of them because they're not doing what you like or they're not managing something well from afar. You judge it from afar. Uh, you don't think that he's getting the best out of his group. Defend your manager right now. Feel the Red Sox. You Ben Sherrington, John Henry, Larry Lucchino, Tom Warner. Defend your manager. What's your, honestly, what's your manager done this year to deserve that? What has John Farrell done to deserve that? You know what he's done? Uh, he's, had to, he's had to deal with guys that you gave him, if you're Ben Sherrington ownership, that you gave him, that, that, uh, that suck. That, uh, as we see now, Wade Miley, a no-talent cow milk and ass clown, okay? You gave him to John Farrell. He's calling John Farrell out. You think John Farrell needs that? That John Farrell's got enough shit on his mind. You think that he needs to be in a show match with Wade Miley after Wade Miley lets up three home runs? 
through four innings? My goodness, get rid of the guy. We don't need that. I don't need that. As a fan, I'm watching this. I don't need to watch that. I'm pissed off enough watching him lose. I can only imagine what Sean Farrell. Sean Farrell probably went home last night going, what the fuck just happened? What? What? Is he? Is Wade Miley all right? Is, is he sipping on the cow milk, a little too much of the cow milk? What's going on there? What's he doing? Is is Eck right? Is he on acid? I, what is going on with Wade Miley? Did did he think he pitched in a different in a different realm of the universe than he was really in last night? What what happened here? I mean, and then on top of it, you don't even apologize. You don't say that's my bad. That's on me. Oh, you don't get it. You don't get it. You belong in the 2012 Red Sox. 2015 Red Sox. You know, can't handle this again. Get rid of them. See you later. Get lost. Get pa- tell them to pack his bags. Red-, Red Sox management, ownership. You want to have some balls right now? You want to have some balls? You defend your manager. By telling Wade Miley to take a hike. See you later. Goodbye. Phil, you, 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 don't, you think that this, you think, Wade, you, Wade Miley, you think that the Red Sox can't survive without you giving up three home runs through four innings? Honestly, you, you think that? You're clueless. Clueless. Go back to the National League. See you later. Man. I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just, the more I watched that video last night, the more I'm saying to myself, this is not real life, right? This is not a real life reaction to how bad you suck on a team that sucks this bad. To a manager that I'm sure is feeling all the pressure in the world that's probably saying to himself, what? How? what? Now, I, again, the players on the team, I, I hope somebody pulls them aside. You know what? I hope they don't even have the opportunity because I hope they cut ties with them. I'm doing the show on this Friday morning. I haven't heard anything yet. And I know, you know, it, it's probably unrealistic that, you know, I don't think Ben's going to overreact like that. But he but he should. But he should. He should. Right? Everyone's asking to make a statement, do something. Tell him to pack his bags. Tell Wade Miley to get lost. Because if you're going to lose this season, you're not going to lose like that. You're not going to lose and then act like that wearing our uniform. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But we'll see what happens with that. If I'm the Red Sox, I tell Wade Miley to uh, take off and go somewhere else. Because you don't need to deal with that here. All right. So what else we got? NBA Finals. It's what I really wanted to talk about. NBA Finals last night. Golden State evens the series up at two. And I, I kind of told you that was going to happen. Now, I wrote a column in the Boston Metro, which you can get today, which tells you, explains to you, why I'm rooting for LeBron James. Now, LeBron James, now, hear me out and make sure you go read the column. I tweeted it out at Danny Picard. Uh, I linked it on Facebook. Metro tweeted it, put it on Facebook. It's, you know, it's out there in the public. It's in print as well. Any any bus stop in Boston, you can get it. Make sure you read it. Now, hear me out. You don't just see the headline and go, oh, you're rooting for LeBron? What a dickhead. Read the fucking story, please. Um... LeBron, though, last night, 20 points in 41 minutes. He was taken out early. 
you know, you put in the scrubs because this game was over. A 103-82 to win for Golden State. Series tied at two. Game five back in Golden State will be Sunday night, so they get two days off here. LeBron, the much-needed rest. Still, you know, you say, well, he got, he got some time off at the end of the game. He still played 41 minutes, right? Still played 41 minutes. 20 points for LeBron James. That is not good enough. It's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. LeBron James needs to be better than 20 points. Now, he got Mozgov, a double-double for Mozgov, 28 and 10. 28 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, Double-double for Tristan Thompson, 12 and 13, 12 points, 13 rebounds. Um, But LeBron James needs to have more than 20 points. I think we can all agree to that. So, a tough night for LeBron James. He did not get the ball as much as I thought he should have in the early stages of this game in the first half. And I think that's where things went wrong. But Golden State, give credit to the coaching decision that Steve Kerr made. You know, he lied to the media in the morning shoot-around. He said there would be no changes in the starting lineup. Andrew Bogut would be in. And when game time came, Bogut was not in the starting lineup. The Warriors went small. Uh, Iguodala was in. Instead of Bogut, they went Thompson, Curry, Iguodala, Green, Bonds. And, you know, I'm... I was curious to see how Cleveland would handle that. Cleveland didn't, they didn't blink. And I'm actually, I think that was a good decision. They didn't blink. I do. I don't know that that's what won Golden State the game. Now, you could say they were a little bit more up-tempo early on, and I think that helped. But I also think that, well, LeBron only had 20 points. Well, credit Golden State. They did, they were starting to really jump all over James LeBron every time he had the ball. Double-teaming him left and right. You know, they were really attacking LeBron James. I think, though, game five, look, you're going to see LeBron James is going to be better than 20 points in in game five. You can guarantee that. You're going to see another 35, 40-point performance from LeBron. Now, the question is, if LeBron is that type of performance, will you still get Tristan Thompson to finish around the rim in double digits? Will you still get Mozgov 33 minutes to be able to come up uh, with 20 points? Um, And the other question, I think, is definitely J.R. Smith. You need more from him in 28 minutes. 2 for 12 from the field, 0 for 8 from behind the three-point line for J.R. Smith, 4 points. 0 for 8. Look, James Jones, 0 points. Uh, You know, he was a guy who contributed big time in game 3. But last night, 0 points. So, Cleveland, I think if you're looking at this game, look, you got to credit Golden State for the adjustments that they made, and they turned out to work out for Steve Kerr and the Warriors to even up the series. But you can also look at it and say, well, Cleveland can be better than that. And it starts with the king, LeBron James. I think he will be better than that. I, I, you asked me, how do I feel about this series now? I, well, I told you Golden State was, was going to win. I told you that these two teams were going to split in each other's buildings. And that's what they did. Series tied at two. Game five goes back to Golden State. It's a 2-2-1-1-1, which means game five is in Golden State on Sunday. And it then means that game six will be Tuesday night back in Cleveland, and then Game 7, if necessary, and I think it will be, will be Friday night, June 19th, a week from today, next Friday, in Golden State, 9 o'clock, ABC. I think it's going 7. And when I, I got the poll question up on my website, dannypicard.com. There's a reason I'm keeping it up there, because I think this is where we're getting into. And the question is, if this series in the NBA Finals goes 7 games, who would you rather have? Steph Curry or LeBron James on your team? Who would you rather have? You're asking me to put my money on someone? That game seven? 
put my money in the best player on the planet, LeBron James. I will. So, uh, I'll be back on Monday to break down what we see Sunday night in this Game 5. Also, we'll talk about uh, the Stanley Cup Final, which resumes not tonight, like it should, but instead tomorrow night, Game 5 Stanley Cup Final, Chicago Goes back to Tampa Bay, series tied at two. I just think the Blackhawks are going to win the Cup. I think if the Lightning wanted the best opportunity to win the Cup, and I still don't think it would have been over, but they they needed to win game four. Tampa Bay needed to win game four. They couldn't do it. Series tied at two. I think the Blackhawks now will, I think, I think they'll win. If not in six, they'll win in seven. I honestly believe that. So uh, keep an eye on the Cup final, and uh, I'll recap that as well on Monday's show. I am here five days a week, dannypicard.com. Actually, one more thing here before I sign off is I just got to give a little shout-out here. Rest in peace to Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, I I grew up a huge wrestling fan, as you probably know if you listen to this show. And, um, you know, Dusty Rhodes was a big name. And you know what? His family continued to, to be involved in it. You got Goldust. Uh, you got the other guy there, Stardust. He used to be Cody Rhodes. You know, and from everything that I've seen, Dusty Rhodes still, uh, who passed away yesterday, Dusty Rhodes still played a major role in the WWE, helping out the young kids. The NXT is big. And, look, I... I'm not involved in it, but that's what I see just on social media. Um, so this is a guy that loved what he did. Uh, he was great at what he did as an entertainer. And this is a legend in the business. Uh, and I'm sure they'll be mourning his loss in the WWE. And I'm sure we'll see that. They'll probably do something special on, I think they got a pay-per-view this weekend, right? Money in the Bank, which is one of the better pay-per-views. So they'll do something for him, so I'll be sure to watch that, and I'll react to that on Monday as well. But rest in peace, Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. He had a great career, looks like he lived a great life, and even after his career was done in the WWE, um, he continued to help you know, spread his knowledge of the industry uh, to some of the young kids coming up, and really as a coach and as a mentor, and I'm sorry, you got to respect that. you got to respect that. So rest in peace, Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. Dusty Rhodes. I'm here five days a week. DannyPicard.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. Hopefully by the next time I talk to you, Wade Miley is no longer a member of the Boston Red Sox. But he probably will be. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow.